0: social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are
1: listening to the John petro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which happens to be com. Joining me right now, she is a independent columnist, uh, opinion maker. It's one of my siblings, it's Donna Perry and DJ, it's, it's very wide ranging, um, but I'd like to just start off, get some of your thoughts on where we are with this virus that obviously it really just exploded last week, exploded into, it It affected Christmas Eve, it affected Christmas, it's yep. affecting New Year's, uh, Biden administration seemingly are really trying to play catch up here, chasing their tail, but... Let's just begin. Just some of your broad thoughts regarding Omicron and, and how much it has just uh, rocketed onto the headlines of the world stage.
2: Yeah, and and good to be with you as we get ready to close out the year. And I and I think that one of um, the things that is remarkable, John, is that we are ending 2021 with really the virus is the, still the leading story. It is yeah. the you know the central item that is. Um, you know has the attention of the american public and for good reason as you say so i mean i think that it is disturbing and and but what you're seeing in the population and this goes to why i think biden's white house is very frustrated is because the public though they understand uh you know a new variant can be dangerous john the public is very weary yes. of of just this whole thing Um, We are coming up on two years but before people ever heard the word, oh, a pandemic, you know, late this winter. Um, And I think that, you know, what you're starting to see is I think his team is just absolutely trying to find any inroads where they can kind of soften a regulation here and there. I think you're seeing, you know, news on that is coming within the day um, to just try to like Deal with the virus, deal with the high hospitalizations, but also that I think they've realized, John, that just saying everyone should get vaccinated is not the the full, you know, PR is not the full effort that you can make. No, and it's not See,
1: working either.
2: It's not working. And, you know, that's kind of been their playbook, John. Like, I think their whole thing was get everyone vaccinated. People, very rightly many people are very cynical and they point to, well, how come they're vaccinated and they have a booster and now they got the virus? So then that all, what does that have the effect of? It reduces to some people. I don't actually share that view. I don't think it should reduce the credibility of the vaccines. But the problem is, you know, he's up against it. We're all up against it. So I don't want to just say it's Biden administrations. You know, it's not their fault that it's gone this way. But I do think... It adds to the perception in the country of, oh my gosh, here we have another uneven holiday season and and it's dreary and now you see hundreds of planes getting canceled. That's not about the virus per se, though. And I think it's important to point out that you're now seeing, and I think what his team is going to have to face is these long-term repercussions of yep. almost two years of the pandemic. And that's where we are. I feel like that's where we're ending the year. Um, and, and you know, people, the, the country and, and companies and society and education, everything has to keep moving forward. And so mm. I think that's what we're up against is people maybe get newly frightened, but then they get really, really tired and frustrated of it.
1: And Donna Perry, we're obviously then on the verge of you know, next week, week, everyone generally is supposed to go back and, you know, here we go again. You can already hear the teachers' unions and others immediately starting to call for it should be distance learning. And where I think that should be called out is once again, this virus does not, it it does not seem to appear to be having, you know, tons of children landing in the hospital. And so this argument again, that just because it should spread, they should, you know, go to distance learning, which we've learned. It's, it's really not an efficient form of learning. They're really not learning. And, and I think, but but I think parents are going to start to push back on that.
2: Yeah. And, and well, I absolutely, I think they are. And I want to point out something to your point of what, in my view, John, that there has to be a sea change in in how the media is covering this thing. And I would say this, There is a vast, and we've all personally experienced this, is a vast difference between a positive test in a healthy and possibly vaccinated person and a hospitalization of someone that goes on a ventilator. There's just a vast difference. And I think the the media, whether it's local or national, number one, I think there has to be a sea change of how this is reported into the public. Because if we see the numbers Again, there is no distinction drawn. And I think, I will just say this, if I was Biden's team, I would be saying to the CDC, you better start making that distinction because you're yep. killing us politically. And I'm not saying that's the reason that's motivating some of their new strategy, but like it is because numbers after a while, I think the public, their eyes blur over on it, John. You know, like who can keep up with a what percentage and this and that. And so I, I think- that uh in-person learning is not going to go backwards without a very big fight from parents whether they're local towns right statewide mass rhode island i i don't i and i think any teachers union will lose that battle because i Mm. do think the public um and statewide commissioners are saying no and the other thing i do think that even as we're speaking now there is reporting and evidence that the surge is evening out that the surge is dropping in europe they're always like a you know maybe four weeks ahead of us by the way you know and so i do think there comes a point where the the media has to stop treating every surge like the way they treated the original 2020 you know onset of this right um because i don't think it's helping anyone and i think corporate america and when you're talking with the finance industry or you know, uh, like I say, we're seeing all this bedlam for the airlines. You, you can't just keep um, having all this sort of turmoil and everyone is almost operating in a, like an emergency mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see how you get people back to work in a normal way. And I no. think, John, the next shoe to drop, if people are vaccinated and boosted, I think the public is going to begin to say, why are we masked inside? Like, yep. Why? You know, if if I'm if I've got those three shots and I think people will begin to push back and there's a lot of Mm. evidence that the companies say their people just say, I'll come back, but I don't want to have to wear a mask all day in the office. Right. That's why they want to be at home. So, (laughs) you know, I think some of these things I will say are kind of coming to a head as we turn the corner on the new year.
1: And again, folks, with Donna Perry, DJ, just two quick things. One is the CDC is now, and I think you're right, maybe under pressure from the Biden administration, but they're changing the quarantine from 10 days to five days. And yes. that makes a world of difference because that's you're talking about, I mean, 10 days, that's, you know, a week and a half, almost full yeah. weeks. And it's a big difference of that. And then someone quarantining for for a week. The other thing is there was a Newsweek piece and dr jar brown university who's really emerged as a star in this whole thing who's he he is the person on good morning america and world yeah with david Muir. but he was saying you know the metric really needs to change and it's it's to the point that you're making and that is he was saying it it should really be just the numbers that should be reported are deaths and hospitalizations yeah with all the testing that is going on of course you're going to get tests but just you know, it's very, that's not a case. That's That's, not a case. And that's right. That that could be someone asymptomatic and gee, I I got the vaccines. I feel fine, but I I was tested and apparently I tested positive, but I show no symptoms of it. That really is not going back to, you know, March of 2020 or April when, you know, that type of person, depending on how many people they came in contact with it. It could widely spread in that way,
2: right? And and that's what I'm saying. Like, and I am sensing that Biden's White House is absolutely, you know, beginning to strategize and say this has to be repositioned.
1: Yeah, because
2: they are feeling the heat of of how things look. Which, again, John, you and I know does not always ac- actually represent, you know, the actual health threat on the ground. So, see, that's the problem with how that the original way it was set up of how they're counting numbers. Um, And, you know, everyone knows if you sat there all day in the media headlines, of course, it looks so over the top dramatic. The other thing Charlie Baker, to his credit, has kept pointing out that even the deaths now still and very sadly, but in Massachusetts, for instance, John, the average age, I believe, is like 77 or 78, maybe higher yes so like again these things are not put into proper context and i think that's also
1: information i want to add that the rhode island department of health won't share
2: oh okay still
1: give the impression as if you know we have people that are 18 we have people that are you know they they the media also really likes to highlight when and it is i understand it but you know, you had the teacher, Cranston East was 41. You're the
2: right, principal I did at Pilgrim see that. was
1: 57. They certainly like to give a lot of coverage to that. It would, it would make a lot of sense. And the, we don't know, you know, what's the average age of the people in the hospital? What's the, right. the age of the people on the, on the ventilators? You know what,
2: so John, that's wrong for the Rhode Island DOH to it do is. that. Yeah. Because you know what, that's very easily uh, found out. Yes. And again, they're, they're more as I would say a little more transparent in mass. Like he just broadly JR. announces it all the time. Yep. He's like, well, here's the average age of what has occurred of a death. Right. So you should yep. not be running around portraying that. And again, the media plays an outsized role in all this, in my yes. view,
1: in the, in the so, far left. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. They... We yeah. do you know that goes back to the how many you yeah. know how many children do you think is an acceptable number to die i mean right. which anyone is not that phrases oh that goodness. that's not really living in reality no um, folks quick break a lot more donna perry right here on the john DePietro show heating season is here let jcale engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system energy efficient quiet and more affordable than you think if you're saying no gas guess what no problem let jkl engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system including ductless splits heats in the winter cools in the summer these units are so efficient it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90 percent. they have the highest rebates in the market and they also do new installation replacement of high efficiency gas boilers jkl Carrier factory, authorized dealer, licensed, by the way, in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 55 years. J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Replacements, whether it's for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. They do it right. They do it right the first time. This winter, you can depend on J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600, license in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. We're speaking with independent writer columnist opinion maker Donna Perry, DJ. It was um, President Trump's doing these uh, was doing these uh, this tour kind of, in these arenas with Bill O'Reilly. He he mentioned that both he and and Bill O'Reilly got in the booster. He was booed, and then I thought you know he then pushed back on that interview with Candace Owens where he yeah. was saying, hey, listen, it was my administration, Operation Warp Speed, we came up with these vaccines and they're they're saving lives and the people are not dying that have gotten the vaccines. And he pushed back on her. You did hear for the first time uh President Biden even mentioned him. And then I, I also just right. know President Trump said, you know, since he mentioned me, I have a hard time criticizing the guy. What what do you what what are you to make of um of, of this, of President Trump and his demeanor and and, and approach in this way?
2: See, I, I think that actually is going to end up being a, a significant interview. And, and yeah. because I do think, um, number one, I think Candace Owens, in all due respect, is of that side of the road where she is you know, where they have been wildly almost like critical of the whole vaccine effort, oh, yeah. and yeah. which I think John is again like not only a misstep, I think it was naive for her to talk to him that way, almost forgetting like I believe he feels operation warp speed is one of the signature accomplishments that he had and he as should. This, and, and he, he should, should feel as that this way. thing rolled yes. along. So I think it actually is important in Trump's favor because I do think it a little bit brings him more to the middle, by the way. And I think yes. it it goes to independents who have, let's face it, a lot of people I think are more in the middle on all this than is yes. getting credit. You, The media portrays that there's like, oh, extremists and then reasonable people. Well, I think there's people in the middle. And I think by him saying, you know, the vaccines are important, and he even went so far to say, hey, the only people you're seeing hospitalized are um, – are people who, you know, don't have the vaccine. So I think it was a very important interview in that way. Um, And I also think he, like the fact that Biden mentioned it and then Fauci actually made a statement and said, I'm glad to see him articulating that point. I hope he keeps it up. I I actually think that is in Trump's favor to look uh, again reasonable and people, and to bring back, cause there's been a lot of, of course, you know, people have, um, you know, they distort so much of what happened during his presidency. So I think that was actually good for him. Like he should, he should keep defending that he really laid the groundwork for what was, people forget the federal government, John really bankrolled Pfizer to That's get right. that going. And as you know, some of that gets lost in the wash, but that them and Moderna who had the you know technology know-how, so I'm not surprised he has that view. Um, I think there's some corners, certainly of the base, who almost seem then they're going to criticize him for saying that. And then John, I think that sort of corner of the base, I don't know what to to tell you. You know what I mean? Like I think for you know. You know,
1: if if there are people like that, I thought he actually even showed great restraint. Yeah, because I I mean, I would like to say and there's some of the stuff that I I like that I've heard from Candace Owens. But at the same time, you talk about someone who, you know, let's let's look at reality. You didn't even graduate from URI. You wrote like what? A book. Uh, Okay. Billionaire from New York City who was president of the United States. (laughs) Right, Right. Let's not lecture him how this should go or what conservatives think you've had a TV show for what? A half hour.
2: Right. Yeah, <laughs> like five even minutes. Doing
1: this stupid podcast interview that you have. I had the number one rated show on television. I am a worldwide figure. I could, oh you know, buy you out. I know. five billion to one. Right. Like why don't you back off with your conspiracy theories? I got, you know, the, the United States of America and we got, these different companies to come up with a a saving vaccine that they didn't have during the Spanish flu. So why don't you take your conspiracies and your novelty act and just that really, as you can tell, really hurts (laughs) me because it's about time. I mean, I have I get it. Yeah. People's decisions. But if I'm I'm glad to see that from President Trump, that tells me he's not just going to follow the path that certain you know, the Newsmax, the One America. Right. It just, it's over-the-top ridiculousness. You know, Bill Gates and Fauci are taking over the world. They're putting a chip in you, and, right. and they don't, and it's it's like enough already, okay? These are, this was a tremendous doing. I was glad to take him, see him take a bow, and he was someone that had COVID, and right. by all accounts, you know, that... <clears throat> really threw him for the first debate. He lost a lot of time and traction because of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that shows me he's not just staying with, like, this is my act, these are my talking points. If he's willing to do that to her, you know, he he's also, you're going to see, I believe, like a Hannity, Laura Ingram, they're going to hesitate to push on that. And, and why not start to frame it the way it should be, which was... Yeah. Operation Warp Speed was a tremendous success.
2: Right, and that's the thing like you like the way I look at this is it was a tremendous success. He, he really doesn't get that credit. A lot of it gets lost in the, in the mess of everything. Yes. But I also think we have to all accept that hopefully this thing almost becomes where you get an annual, like you get a flu shot, you get a COVID shot. Right. But co- COVID is not probably really ever going away or getting eradicated anytime time in the immediate soon. And I think he, he does himself a favor to come down in the middle and say, no, I want people vaccinated. You can't pretend that that you shouldn't get a basic vaccination against this
1: thing. So as if he's going to sit there with her and be like, that's right. No one should get vaccinated." Well, right. Now, again, folks, we're speaking with Donna Perry and DJ, let's pivot back to president Biden though. Um, I mean, to me, listen, as much as I think that guy was a jerk that did the let's go Brandon thing. Right. What also (laughs) is irking the left is that he clearly wasn't in on the joke that the entire country is in on. Um, He seemingly, President Biden, I mean, just to be kind, he clearly is not absorbing a lot. For him to say, boy, we didn't know, and then you learn two months ago they could have ordered more tests, I think the closest thing you're going to get from him is saying, um, and he just said it last week, if his health is good, he'd run for re-election. I You know, I mean, all right, I get it. You want to give them a gracious out. But I, I, I think they've lost the confidence of the country. And I don't, the team of him and Harris, I don't see a path they're going to get it back.
2: Well, like right, and like you know, that thing, you know that that was kind of all kind of odd because the Norad interview is usually a yes. cute Christmas Eve thing. Yeah. Okay. So you know it was awkward. I'm sure a lot of people say, "Oh, well, that was kind of unnecessary." You embarrassed the president and, and the whole thing. Okay, but that is part of a larger issue where you do have john and the poll numbers they show what they show i mean you have people who don't have confidence of his ability to have a sort of a handle on the country and you know in many other issues um and i think for the the team as a team as they are look between the virus uh you talk about inflation you look at all this instability and in airline travel i mean yeah. When you look at the price of things, John, and let, let's say a basic airline flight, the, the thing that their team and Jen Psaki can be very, very arrogant, what, what yeah. they're missing, those are not things you can hide from the public or spin them. Like I've said this many times, you know, um, and those things are just out there. And by the way, there's most credible um you know projections and re- and reporting that says we will have this inflation well well into 2022 yeah. um and there was another thing i caught about the supply chain issue and i hadn't even heard about this but they said something that like manufacturers of the tin that makes basic cans for canned goods well that's all so stuck in the supply chain, for instance, the cost of canned goods, which are staples in any supermarket, John, will go up 60%, for instance, in the year ahead. Um, th- these are things that actually affect the public's mood. It yeah. makes them not like the administration and the president. And then when he's asked about things, when he looks bumbling, it's like it's just a domino effect. you know. And I, I would say that they're the more immediate stuff, the steps they're taking it, you started to say, like, I think this thing of having shorter quarantine days um, I think they really know they need a new playbook with COVID going into the new year and they, they need the country to look and feel more normal again. I think that's a simple way to say it, but I think that's right where it is.
1: And Donna Perry, um, Harris, uh, the vice president saying, well, you know, if I was a white male, I'd get that. Yes. <laughs> that to me tells you all you need to know about her because, you know, let's let's be honest. If she were a white male, she wouldn't be the vice president. Um, that comment to me that was typical for her. Come on. Biden, number one, said he was going to choose a woman. And then yep. because of the way the summer went, they felt, OK, with George Floyd, we need to put a woman of color. But to me, that that tells you she's out of bullets. She's out of excuses. Right. You have to come back to that. Exactly. The rest of the media, the media didn't really run to town with that, I think, the way the Harris people thought it would. I think that it shows me that the even, you know, the mainstream media is not buying that. They're not buying the act. Because yeah. that would mean that the coverage from CNN and ABC and NBC was all, you know, because she's a, a woman of color. And right. that clearly is not. I, I think the first year of this administration, to me, the big loser has been her because you don't hear anyone saying that that she is definitely now the heir apparent.
2: No, I think I think you don't, and I like you're right. I mean, I think that it's the ultimate cliche explanation. I mean, that's yeah. the Hillary it Clinton is. roadmap, which apparently Hillary's giving her advice. So that might be the <laughs> kiss of death right there. And and Boy. you know, to have to say, well, I'm unpopular and I have low approval numbers because you know I'm a female black woman or female of color i just think that's you know john and here's the irony if i may just quickly like let's face it if i see the opposite it's like no during the campaign most of the media they were so overly cautious to even ever ask her a question right yes they have not criticized her many missteps Um, And her ineffective statements and all the weird laughing, which sometimes looks like she's laughing at your question, which is very unpolished for a vice president. Um, And so she to me, she was the beneficiary of being totally almost carried by the media. They kept saying, oh, she'll be a trailblazer and, you know, and all that. That was the way they covered her. So I think she escaped a lot of scrutiny, probably was the least scrutinized Candidate for vice president. You're
1: right. Yeah. Um, well, picture her coverage compared to Sarah Palin. She's yeah, always her. at some point developed that nervous laugh and stops answering the question and just laughs. And sometimes, you know, remember the, the debate when the fly landed on Mike Pence, and that was like a way out of answering anything. She would just yes. keep laughing with that. Now, Donna Perry, since this will be our last <laughs> time uh, talking for this year, any uh, what predictions you have for for 2022?
2: Yeah, I know. I, I can't believe we're coming down to the end. Well, I, I'll just to start with my prediction on, what, on where things are going to stand with Biden. I think seeing I think after the November 2022 elections, um, if the Democrats lose the U.S. House, I think there will be a never mind what could happen in the Senate. John, I think there will be a lot of pressure on him to be more forthcoming, that he is not running in 2024. Now, you might say people have said, well, then once he does that, he's lame duck. Look, the way presidential campaigns go, by the time it's, let's say, the winter of 23, that you have to know where they're going with the nominee, right? They run for two years. Yes. So I would predict that. I think if they lose Congress, there will be a lot of pressure on him to announce that. I don't think most of the public believes that him being, what, 86 at the end of a, mm. I mean, is going to really work out. So I think that. Number two, I, I think Marty Walsh will come back from Washington mm. and run for governor of Massachusetts. I, I mean, like there's that. rumors, but I yep. think that could very, very well happen. Right. Um, so, um, you know, and then in the GOP, I will say the Virginia governor, keep an eye on him. I think he's a big rising star, young kid. So we'll see where it goes from there.
1: Donna Perry, very good predictions. Great job, DJ. Happy to be. New Year. <laughs> and we will continue our conversations in
2: the new Year. Happy New Year, JD. Thank you.
1: Competition shooting supplies. Stop in and see John Francis, located 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Stop it and see my gun guy, Competition shooting supplies. This is where I buy my firearms. You can call him at 401 seven two seven seventeen sixteen firearms ammunition accessories look for them also on facebook he'll always post updates of inventory both firearms ammunition that they get on facebook and on top of that remember if you're listing right now and maybe you have some firearms that you don't need anymore use anymore maybe someone passed away and has some kind of a gun collection bring it in you could either sell it to competition or you could sell it on consignment gift certificates are also available stop it and see competition shooting supplies 435 benefit street in Pawtucket call john francis 401-727-1716 for competition shooting supplies you're listening to the john dipetra show am 1380 99.9 fm folks last week we did an interview with a local doctor and we got such a tremendous reaction and he's uh, very generous to uh, provide us with more of his time. I want to welcome back to the program. It is Dr. Andrew Boston. Doctor, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, it was tremendous. What a tremendous reception we received from your appearance last week. So if you'd be so kind, I'd like to kind of check in with you and get a feel from where you think we are right now with this new variant and everything that the state is doing or should be doing right yeah i i um
0: i i i think i think right before the holiday john we'll see if there's if there's a big uptick with all the gatherings you know during during um christmas uh and 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 new years but but we'll have some indication by by tomorrow at least for for the christmas phase of the holiday um it, we were actually looking at a plateau right as we went into the holiday which was reassuring and um, was quite quite similar to what happened last year around Christmas. You know, the, the, the infections last year in a different in a different state. You know, less less natural infection, obviously no vaccination really to speak of, and um, we really had seen the peak of infections for for what was at the time um, the alpha wave uh, uh, and the original Wuhan strain um, before Christmas and it took a while to come down but it, but it was really it was really pla- it had really reached its peak and was on 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 its way to plateauing in terms of of, of infections there's always a little lag with hospitalizations and deaths um, and you know i'm just cautiously optimistic that maybe we're going to see the same thing omicron is causing obviously a significant amount of infection um but it's clearly the data are in from south africa and we're getting some confirmatory data from from europe that this is clearly a uh, a milder variant. It, it, it's it's causing less uh, more morbidity and, and way less mortality. Um, and again, some of that is the virus itself, uh, which seems to have mutated, you know, mercifully to a less virulent uh, strain. Um, but and then of course also the impact of of, uh, of the measures we've taken, um, particularly, um, you know, vaccinating some of the high risk populations, and and the impact of natural immunity. Um I, I, I did just wanna uh talk a little bit though, John, about Go ahead. um an analysis that um has been ongoing really. Um th- thank thank uh, very much thanks to to my local representative, Mike Chippendale, yes. who has been very dogged about getting um monthly uh updates um since July. So um I had shared a paper with Mike that was very, very provocative from Israel. They're, they've always been ahead of us, both in terms of vaccination and in terms of when the waves have hit. Huh. And they did an analysis of their uh, initial um, Delta wave uh, after uh, a lot of vaccination had taken place in Israel uh, and a time had lagged to allow for some of the impact that we're now seeing, unfortunately, of this uh, vaccine waning, and comparing that to, to, to natural immunity acquired you know, earlier in, in, in Israel. And the data were quite striking, and showed that um, the the impact of natural uh, infection relative to vaccination uh, was was highly was highly uh, significantly advantageous. In other words, um, when they looked at um, did a whole series of analysis from a huge uh, a huge um, HMO database in Israel, uh, it was the Maccabi HMO. Uh, Israel is basically divided up into, I think, three large HMO groups. It's essentially a socialized uh, system, um, and and so they looked they looked at uh, outcomes uh, that were evaluated between June first and August fourteenth, um, and they uh, were able to adjust for age and comorbidities, uh, and they employed uh, different different models to look at uh, compare the previously infected without who had not been vaccinated. With, with vaccinated individuals, and they, were, they were able to match for, for, for time uh, and uh, a time of follow-up. And what they found was striking, John, and this is why I got so interested in, you know, what what we might be able to look at in Rhode Island. Um, so in the first model, this very tightly matched model, showed that there was a 13-fold increased risk for asymptomatic infection, uh, a 27-fold uh, greater risk for clinical infection, and an eightfold increased risk for hospitalization comparing those who were fully vaccinated but had no history of prior infection to those who were not vaccinated but did have a history of prior infection um, and and these were these were rather striking data and they persisted even when they didn't match for the times uh, of first a uh, first event, whether that was a vac- you know vaccination or or infection. So in other words, you could go all the way back to people that had been infected as far back as the beginning of 2020. And now just look at this period um, during the Delta wave. So obviously the people who were vaccinated, um, you know, were vaccinated much more recently. And despite this time disadvantage for those with prior infection, the fully uh, vaccinated remained at six-fold increased risk uh, for, for having asymptomatic infections, just testing positive, seven-fold greater risk for having real symptomatic infections, and almost seven-fold increased risk for hospitalization um and this and 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 then they were able to look at people who had been vaccinated had also had an infection and obviously those overall uh did the best in terms of infection but they but they didn't do any better than people who had not been vaccinated but also previously infected hmm. uh in in terms of in terms of the clinical outcomes hospitalizations and deaths so with this as a background uh i i asked mike if if he could get similar data from the department of health obviously not as granular not as detailed not all the comorbidities it's all de-identified you know you really you know, I, I don't know what it would take, probably a lot more than just uh, an assemblyman request, uh, a state a state uh, representative right, requesting. Sure. You'd, you'd probably have to go a formal APRA route, and, and it would take a long time to, to sort mm. of get uh, a, a, this kind of database that, that you have from Israeli HMO. But at any rate, might begin to get every month. So Jul- we have now July, August, September, October, November. Uh, spreadsheets, which would which mm. would break down the infections, hospitalizations, and deaths, not only like the way the state likes to present it, like RIDO presents it, fully vaccinated versus not fully vaccinated, but within each of those groups, breaking it down, so the fully vaccinated with no prior infection versus the fully vaccinated with prior infection, the not fully vaccinated with no prior infection versus the, versus the not fully vaccinated with a history of prior infection. And what jumped out at me, and I tabulated, and I put it up. I put up a very detailed blog at my blog. It's just um, uh, it's just my name, www.andrewbostom.org. Yep. Um, and I did a little quick summary of it on Twitter at Andrew Bostom, um, and and it's really striking, John. So if you if you look at, at just the the summary results from that that simple that simple kind of a uh, breakdown um first of all just looking at the raw percentages the fully vaccinated over this five-month period and and it's basically the delta weight you can see the you can see the you know the department of health has a nice graphic which shows you um when the different variants have taken over and 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 come in you know predominate so if you look at the period that we we analyzed july to november it's very clear it's 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 basically it's basically all delta um, and, and if you if you if you look at uh, at, at at just raw percentages of, of which which populations accounted for what percentage of infections of hospitalizations and deaths, um, the fully vaccinated accounted for thirty eight point three percent of COVID infections during this five month period. Thirty one percent of of COVID uh, hospitalizations. And almost 45% of COVID deaths during this July to November uh, delta wave. But of course, John, you have, to, you have to be able to come up with, you know, all epidemiologists always want to know, rightfully, what the denominator is. So I had to make some estimates, like what are these populations? Like how many people, you know, are fully vaccinated? How many people are not fully vaccinated? How many people have a history of prior infection? So I walked through in the blog how I did that. But basically, it's, it's, it's quite striking Um, so at the time, I I just took the midpoint of this entire period. I used the date of September 15th and I said, um, what, what are the, what are the, what are the estimates that you can come up with for the, for the numbers in those three groups? Again, fully vaccinated, not fully vaccinated. And then regardless of vaccination, people that had a prior infection, uh, infection at some point during the course of the pandemic. Um, and, and these are very large numbers for each of them. So it's about, it's about. Six hundred ninety-one thousand people. Wow, that had been fully vaccinated by that time. Huh. Uh, about about four hundred and five thousand that had not remained not fully vaccinated. But the most striking thing, and this comes from an estimate that's provided by a CDC-sponsored website that's run by by you know epidemiologists from Harvard, Stanford, and Yale. What they projected as of as of September fifteenth. That if you look at the you know if you look at the U.S. Census estimate for, for Rhode Island's population, fifty six percent of the population had been infected by then. So that's about six hundred and fourteen thousand people wow. that had a history of prior infection. So now the denominator has become workable, and you can express everything uh, per hundred thousand. So I just I just calculated some crude rates, and I'll, I'll I'll go through them quickly, and then and then I was able using something called the rate ratio to to compare. Um, I was most interested in in comparing those with a prior infection, regardless of vaccination status, to those who were fully vaccinated. In other words, that becomes the reference group, those who are fully vaccinated but have no history of prior infection. But if you just look at the crude rates, for example, for infections, uh, there was was 2,140 per 100,000 in the fully vaccinated, no prior infection. Much higher rate in the not fully vaccinated, no prior infection, F- 5,910, so more than twice the rate hmm. uh, per 100,000, but only 207 per 100,000 in those that had a prior infection regardless of their vaccination status. And this theme plays through the more important clinical outcomes. Yep. So if you look at hospitalizations, fully vaccinated, no prior infection, um, 84 per 100,000 in, in, in the fully vaccinated, uh, not fully vaccinated. No prior infection, about almost four times as many, uh, 327 per 100,000. But if you go back to, again, re- look at prior infection, regardless of vaccination status, only 11 per 100,000. Uh, by the time you look at the deaths and over this over this period, there were one hundred ninety two deaths uh, again with or from COVID in, in Rhode Island during this five month period. It's going to be higher this month. December is a bad month. It was a bad month last year. It's yep. going to be a bad month again this year. Right. Um, the rates for one hundred thousand were twelve for those that were fully vaccinated. No prior infection, um, not fully vaccinated. No prior infection. 25 so 25 per hundred thousand you know more than twice as many versus 12 per hundred thousand hmm. but only one per hundred thousand with the history of prior infection regardless of vaccination status. wow huh. and then i was able to calculate you know what are these what are these risk ratios these what you know this is this is always an important epidemiologic measure and just just to just to just to cut to the chase compared to the fully vaccinated now i'm just comparing the fully vaccinated with no prior infection to those um who were previously infected regardless of whether they were vaccinated or not so compared to the fully vaccinated those previously infected had a 10.4 fold lower risk of infection a 7.9 fold lower risk of hospitalization and a 12.3 fold reduced risk of COVID 19 mortality and so my my bringing this to light with the help of, the, of of Mike Chippendale is is to you know to these are after all John these are the public's data these right. are Rido's data data yep. they're giving them because of some pressure frankly exerted upon them to to, to Mike Chippendale each month hmm. they need to be they need to be on the website for yes. the public to see right in, in in a in a very simple way just the way I, I tabulated them because what what is what is happening is that there's still a lot of hectoring of people about vaccination status now including you know boosters um when when Rhode Island Department of Health possesses the data which show that wait a minute you know we, we I, by the way this estimate john which was 56% of the state uh, having been infected at some point during the pandemic uh, by by mid September as of christmas covid estim came up with their latest estimate on, before December twenty fifth, it's up to seventy one percent. Wow. So to ignore what's yeah. so more than two thirds of the population uh likely having been it had at least a, some sort of mild infection with with uh with coronaviruses and, and it's gonna accelerate now with, with Omicron being you know so much like a, a, a true classic cold causing coronavirus
1: Hmm.
0: Um, albeit it can still it can still harm people that are that are that are frail there's no question about that either um cause at least serious morbidity um it's to ignore this vast pool of the population which which appears to have the the best protection i mean let's 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 just be frank about it It, the epidemiologic evidence is that these people actually have the best protection Hmm. is one other there's one other study that that came out um, that I found um, almost as striking as the Israeli study because this was a this was a U.S. study. Uh, there was a claims database um, that analyzed uh, records from over eight million uh, 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 claims in in something called Change Healthcare. It's it's a database that's that's overseen by the University of of, of Washington, Seattle, at least at least for investigative purposes, and they identified um, almost eighteen thousand fully vaccinated. Uh, patients with, with so-called breakthrough infections. So just looking at the breakthrough infections, which occurred between March 10th and October 14th of 2021, and, and in this group of, of almost 18,000 persons with breakthrough infections uh, coming from this claims database, um, there were 1,121 COVID hospitalizations and 138 COVID deaths. Once again, they had, this is a very granular database. This is more like the Israeli database. This is not like the raw data given to uh, Mike Chippendale. They were able to look at not only at prior infection, but they were able to control for age, sex, and comorbidities. And what they found, once again, was that prior infection in this group of almost 18,000 persons with breakthrough infections conferred a two-fold lower risk for for, uh, uh, hospitalization and a fourfold lower risk for COVID mortality relative to no history of prior infection, you know, in the, in the people that were having a breakthrough infection. So, so, so once again, in the vaccinated population itself, you're, you're, you're operating kind of in the dark if you don't know whether or not they had a history of prior infection, uh, likewise for those that are unvaccinated. So, so to make these, these sort of comparisons, but, but, between the unvaccinated or the not fully vaccinated and the fully vaccinated, um, in kind of the hectoring way that we've become used to, without knowing that whether or not they've had a history of prior infection, um, is 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 not very informative, John.
1: Sure. In and, right.
0: And 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 this is critically important to get into the discourse, and it and it has it has social uh, as well as political implications because you're you're seeing people who who felt that they had worked, healthcare workers that had worked through the the early phases of the pandemic and That's not right. too early phases of the pandemic, right. you know, got infected at, at various times during one of the waves and, and were forced to give up their jobs because they felt that, that um, they didn't believe the vaccine was going to afford them any more protection. They had they had their own concerns, uh, safety concerns about the vaccine. It's it's a, it's a non-trivial issue, I, I I think for certain pop- populations, but regardless, they made their own risk-benefit calculation. They yep. were previously infected, and and they were summarily dismissed and hmm. fired. Yes, and, and and so I think it's it's very important to get this into the discussion. It's it's not it's not informative enough to just tell people. You know, it, you know, you're 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 putting yourself at risk purely on the basis of not being vaccinated, um, without considering whether or not they've had a previous infection. Hmm. And 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 for those who are vaccinated, they're being afforded uh, important additional protection because yes. of all the breakthroughs by having a history of prior infection.
1: Folks, again, we're speaking with Dr. Andrew Bostom. And, Dr., I won't keep it much longer. But how do you see the next? week or two you you feel we haven't seen kind of the uptick uh surge from from christmas and so forth obviously it's early just yet but when when will this hit as far as just that i have several questions for you when will it hit on the numbers also what do you make of the fact that some people are saying you know this this is so contagious and and it's not as you said it's thank god it's not as lethal. It should then be measured on hospitalizations and deaths, not on number of just positive cases. I I absolutely agree. So so I I, I expect, again, with people
0: congregating and, 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 you know, John, I don't know my experience. I don't know if it matches your experience. I I can see people are kind of fed up with the restrictions. I I saw I saw a lot of people, you know, much more than usual than than previous, you know, uh, periods of of mask mandates with the mask below the nose. Yeah. uh, People openly, you know, defying and not wearing masks They're all in places where, again, you're supposed to be wearing masks. Um, So so and there's more mixing um I, i'm not a big believer as you know in, in, the, in the benefits of masks but there's clearly a lot more mis- mixing of, of people than 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 there's been you know in, in previous waves and so we might see and, and omicron's infectious so we might see a spike in, in, in infections but but the immunity that's accumulated in the population yeah vaccine related a natural immunity um, it, it, even even when it doesn't prevent infections, and that's clearly true with with the vaccine, um, it, it's it's it should be reducing morbidity, and we may see this we may see this disconnect between the rates of of infection and the rates of hospitalization and and death. But the, what muddies the water, and this is another big problem with the Department of Health and and with the CDC, is that the idea that you can classify anyone with a positive test uh, as being hospitalized for covid right and hospitalized for for and, and, and god forbid dying from covid this this has to be rectified right because it's 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 made it almost impossible to tell what's really going on there was an investigative report in the uk uh from the daily mail reviewing records that, and they have, some, they have some fairly detailed records available in England. I don't know why they don't publicize it enough. But apparently they, they are tracking and trying to separate with from. And it was up to two-thirds of the Omicron hospitalizations were incidental. They were testing positive, but they were not admitted for you know, an ammonia-like syndrome. Hmm. And we don't get those data from, from RIDO. Lots of people have asked. Perhaps the, the politicians have not asked firmly enough. Good because point. it's long overdue yes. that we get this information because that's what really matters. Who's 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 coming into the hospital because of COVID and, and specifically occupying a bed because they have a COVID-related pneumonia respiratory issue, or you know, less frequently maybe a true you know myocarditis caused by, by COVID. Something that's clearly uh, you know etiologically linked. To COVID, rather than you know trauma with with a positive test, some other medical problem that clearly we're clearly COVID is 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 just an incidental laboratory finding. Those really need to be separated to see what's truly going on. But I'm cautiously optimistic, you know, just based on what we were seeing uh, before Christmas, um, that 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 maybe. We were at least getting to to a plateau. There may be some hiccups and some burps, you know. Uh, uh, you know, again with all the mixing during the holiday. But I'm just, you know, cautiously optimistic. You know, I, I'm also perfectly willing to be blown out of the water, and you'll have another rise, and you know. But, but I mean, I obviously hope against that. Um, but there's, you know, there is a lot of unpredictability to this. But, but, but clearly, you know, the weight of the evidence certainly suggests by now that Omicron is is less is less virulent, even if it even if it might be equally contagious, or some have argued slightly more mm-hmm. contagious. Um, and, and the reservoir of immunity in the population, um, keeps growing. Uh, so, so that's working against, you know, really bad outcomes.
1: How does it enter the body? Is it different than the, the Delta or the, you know, it's
0: all, yeah, it's all, it's all aerosols. It is. It's all aerosols. Yeah. There may may be, you know, John, there's always been a concern, um, that there's a little, bit. well, certainly, you know, not to be too gross about it there's there's a tremendous amount of, of virus shed in the stool and, oh. and that's why you it, it is useful to monitor water supplies and, and sewage treatment supplies oh. and things like that um effluent um how much how contagious that is um, is is has never has never been that clear. Huh. There, there's probably some benefit to basic, you know, cleanliness, hand washing, and things like that. But it it, it clearly seems to be that the, the predominant mode of transmission is is micro aerosols. What
1: about handshakes or touching doorknobs and things like that?
0: Yeah. Again, that 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 does not seem to be surfaces. Do not seem to be okay. the main mode of of, of of trans of transmission.
1: Right. But when people are greeting each other, holiday someone you know gives them the other
0: but, but, but that involves a lot of a lot of movement of, yes of, of air talking it doesn't yeah. just have to be sneezing and coughing and no. things like that that are obvious yeah
1: folks you again know. he is dr andrew boston doctor excellent as always we will talk to you again propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508 252-3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401 good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus